0: Now listen, man, I'm so fired up that each and every one of you guys are here. Uh, My name is Jeremy, along with my wife, Jennifer. We get the opportunity and the honor of being able to pastor here. Hang on. Your boy got to catch his breath. I've been running down the hall trying to seat people. It's crazy out there, y'all. We have people standing in the halls, and it's amazing. In fact, I think... I think uh, Pastor Josh probably already mentioned here at Memorial Campus, if you're on a dream team and you'd be willing to give up your seat, go ahead and stand up and walk towards the lobby so that we can uh, accommodate as many people as possible. I think we have um, three seats open right here down front, so y'all can go ahead and bring folk down. Um, And I'm so excited about what God's doing at our church. We got folks on the stage and it's just crazy, man. I'm excited. We got people standing in the hall. If you can hear me, thank you for being here. Um, I do want everybody to know we're not just welcoming in our Memorial campus. We also have a Katy campus and a Cypress campus, and God is doing amazing things at all of our campuses, additional seating. So thank you for, for being so awesome about helping us accommodate the crowds. We are working on launching another campus actually close to here um, that's going to help us bring some of the pressure off of our Memorial campus. And I'm fired up about what God's doing. Have you guys, have you guys enjoyed the EXO Relationship Series that we've been doing? Have you enjoyed that? We've had a blast. As I was, as, as we were launching this series, I'd been praying about it. Like, God, give me some direction. I want some fresh stuff to bring to this series. And I feel like I brought you some fresh things to the series right there. Right there. Right there. Just sit in that one right there. Boom. Front row. Yeah, just take it. If it ain't full, si- oh, sit right there, girl. Look at you. Brought your coffee down. Hey, I'll be an usher and a pastor. I ain't scared. I don't bother me none. But when we started this series, I said, God, I need some fresh things. I want some fresh manna to bring to the people, to use a churchy word. And I feel like I did. But we also brought in um, some amazing speakers. Wasn't Bianca amazing? She was awesome, wild and crazy. My favorite line of hers was, the Bible's not boring, boo-boo, you are. Um, was the best. And then last weekend, I thought my wife did a phenomenal job, so brave. If you haven't watched those sermons, go back on the podcast. And this weekend, dealing with a, a serious topic. I've invited a friend of mine to come in who is a powerhouse man of God doing an amazing work of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll tell you this. Let me tell you. Some of you guys already know. Let me tell you this. If they call us one of the fastest growing churches in America, then these guys are light speed. Last year, this time, their church was around 600. Today, they're over 3,000 at their church today. And the global and international influence that this man has is unparalleled. It's It started for uh, literally eight months ago, 10 months ago, and uh, millions of of views on YouTube because his word is sound, it's biblical, it's straightforward, it's funny, and it's powerful. Today's no different. At all campuses, I want to encourage you, if you brought your kids in here, especially those who are older, elementary, middle school, high school, thank you. Keep them in here. This is going to be one of the most powerful words that they hear. Now, if it's crying babies and stuff, for the love of God to pick them up and take them out for us. If you don't mind, thank you. That helps us. But I'm excited to hear this today. This is one of the most powerful messages you will ever hear in your life. Will you stand with me across all campuses? Put your hands together from Transformation Church. Pastor Mike Todd. Come on, Mike Todd. Bring it.
1: feel that? The presence of God is here. And there's an expectation in this house, and I am so excited to be here. Thank you for everybody who's making a sacrifice to be here. I want you to find somebody, high-five them, and say, we talking about sex today. <laughs> you ain't never done that one. You can sit down after that. You ain't never high-fiving somebody and said that. You ain't never done that. excited y'all this is my first time preaching in houston and i'm at hope city h town i'm excited about it hey whoever you instagram it hey um i i bring you greetings from tulsa oklahoma on transformation church now now this is a crazy thing i don't leave home unless i'm on assignment like i have an amazing church at home and 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 when i met your pastors Um, It was a God thing and this is a God thing and so before I go on or do anything else I just want us to to give God glory for the two amazing leaders that you guys have here. Pastor Jennifer, Pastor Jeremy. Oh, they're not regular people. Can we thank God for them? Amen. I met Pastor Jeremy a few months back. At a a men's conference and I was like I don't know who this is but he white he act black and he wear cowboy boots I love him this is my people and uh, I call him uncle Jeremy and um, he's been phenomenal and uh, I'm just like your young nephew okay so they told me that I could be uh, and act like I'm at home today and and so I'm gonna do it how I do like 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 if you don't like it I'll leave tomorrow (laughs) But but I want to approach a a subject that the church is very quiet about. See, some of y'all thought you was about to get out of this series without us touching your issue. (laughs) But I'm here, (laughs) boo-boo. And, 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 and we got to talk about the thing that all of us are affected by, dealing with, have dealt with, dealing with the ramifications of, have thoughts in our mind, thoughts in our heart, been abused, things have happened. And, and the church has not talked about how the biblical standard of that is supposed to affect your life. And I'm talking about sex. And, 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 and at the end of the day, a, a lot of people are dealing with things and God is over here. And anything that has to do with sex and stuff is over here and we try to keep the two separate because um we were introduced to it in a bad way we we may have had a wrong experience or been um introduced to it um prematurely or wrong or by the wrong god is very clear on 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 this topic But we have to live in spirit and truth and i know some of y'all are talking about who has given this young man the authority to talk to me about sex what are your qualifications well i want to go to the screen this is my family and uh that's my wife natalie that's my daughter, Isabella, she's five, she runs my life. Um, that's my son, he has a ponytail, but that is a boy. And that's my daughter, Isabella, and I mean, my, my, my daughter, Ava, she's 10 months old and she just my And, and uh, that's my family. I've been with my wife since we were 15 years old. That is too young to be in a relationship now that I have a daughter. And um, the only reason I showed you this is because I have some experience on the topic that we're talking about today. Glory to God. Why are you saying that, Pastor Mike? Because today we we need to talk because some of you need freedom. Like, like, like in the area of sex, sexuality, impure thoughts, pure thoughts, like, like you need freedom. And I know we haven't made a space in church for you to really talk about this because then it would allow people to start judging you because you're human and you have real issues. And so you can't deal with it. And so it becomes a secret part of your life that God can use me and everything over here. But please don't touch this. Because if they really find out what I struggle with in the midnight hour, if they really find out what's on my heart or what I text somebody or whose DM I slid into. Oh, don't act like you ain't slipping and sliding. Some of (laughs) y'all is out here. Who at the office I'm in an emotional affair with? Oh, I'm, I'm coming to your house. Because the enemy is here to try to take what god has called good and make it bad and we have to be believers who do not shy away from the issues that people are dealing with but step towards them and get what the word of god says on it so at every campus for the next 40 minutes can we just act like the kardashians are not our standard of relationships And can we put the word of God, I know you got it TiVo right now and you ready to see the next juicy thing. But could we just act like the word of God was the standard for biblical relationships and sex? And and can we step into this thing? Because I I saw the title of of the message was love, sex and marriage. And I heard people talk about love and I heard people talk about marriage. But I hear nobody talk about sex. And when we do not step into this thing, we allow the world to define what God made. And whenever the world defines it, it will be a perverted version of what God called it to be. And if we're honest, I was raised in church. Parents loved God, could pray, prophesy, speak, do all of that other stuff. But we never talked about sex. And when we get into youth group, they had one rule. Don't have sex before you're married. That was the, uh oh, y'all went to the same church? (laughs) That was the only instruction they gave you. That's it. Like, like, that's, that's the only thing you can tell me about this. Don't do it. Well, what happens if you've already done it? What happens if you were introduced to something prematurely or there was abuse in your, in your childhood? What happens if you were watching a TV show And something came on that you didn't know was coming on and those images get imprinted on your head. What if you went to an uncle's house and you were using the restroom and you were looking for toilet paper under the magazine, uh, under the cabinet and you found a magazine? Like what, what happens when the perversion gets in in seed form? What do you do with that? And the church is quiet. Yet half of the issues people are coming to the altar getting prayer for are sexual issues. Things that they start, you know, when people need prayer, but they use code words. Could you just pray for me? I'm going through some things. <laughs> there was some issues that happened late last night on a bed that I can't tell you. We're not dumb. Like, like, but, but even in a moment where we're trying to get free, we can't be real. And, and so I came um, on assignment so that we could get free in this place today. And that we can see what God says about this. And and this is the first thing I want you to understand. That sex is not bad. Amen. Amen. (laughs) That woman said, amen. Amen. She had an accent on her. Amen. Amen. Sex is not bad. And and why are you saying that, Pastor Mike? Because it's the title of my message today. Sex was God's idea. That this was not something that some nasty little perverted person came up with in a back room and like ah, 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 We're gonna invent sex like nobody sex was God's idea. Come on, say that at every campus sex was God's idea Look, some of y'all didn't even say now you tight booty just sitting in your seat. You can't even guys But this is this is the problem Because it has been defined by the world We're in church and we can't even say in a place that is God's we can't even say that he is good and he created it and until we get the power back and redeem this concept and this amazing institution uh, that God has put in place for married people until we get that power back we do not uh, allow ourselves to be able to experience the greatness and the glory of God sex was God's idea look at it in Genesis Chapter 1, verse 28. It says, then God blessed them. This is talking about Adam and Eve. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. This was not an agricultural assignment. Y'all hear me? He was telling them, hey, I'm going to bless y'all. I made y'all. Y'all naked and under shame. Adam, go put it down, boy. Do your thing, bro. Worship, worship, worship. Like he... This is what God said. Like, he wanted them to connect intimately. He wanted them to procreate. He wanted them to populate it. He wanted them to connect on the deepest level. And that was through sex. And see, when you understand that this was God's idea, then scriptures like, like Mark chapter 10, verse 6 starts to make sense. But God made. Who made? Who made it? God made them male and female. That means he knows our parts, our desires, our urges, our appetites. God made them from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother to be in marriage and are joined. Everybody say joined. When I begin to study this word out in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means so much more than what we think in our Western term. Check this out. This word joined means they were joined physically through the act of sex. They were joined emotionally through intimacy or closeness, and they were joined spiritually in covenant. This messed me up because what God is saying here is every time you have sex with somebody, there is a threefold cord being banded and bonded to that person. You thought it was just a one night stand. Yeah, that one time when I was in Orlando and it was my birthday and I don't know what happened. I got a little tizzy and then he was there and then it just happened. But it didn't mean nothing. Yes, it did. What you don't know is that you connected to that person, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And what happens is you get these things called soul ties. And these soul ties are things that tie you to other people. Some of y'all right now are sitting in that chair and it's about to break because you're tied to so many people. You're sitting there, don't point at nobody, don't you? Don't you do it. But so many of us are trying to figure out why when we try to go forward, there's something pulling us back. You had an interaction, a sexual interaction with that person that was full of rage and you never were angry before. But somehow now you just go off on people. It's because there was an emotional transfer. This thing is, oh, y'all hear me. This thing is bigger than a feeling of pleasure. This thing was meant to connect two people into one So my so my question is how many people are you connected to today? how many things have we allowed to become a tie that holds us back from our destiny and what God has for us and this is the thing the rest of that verse goes on to say and the two are united into one since they are no longer two but one I love how God says things because we're remedial and we be like what do you mean God two like you you mean the two become one he says and yes you are united from two into one let no one split apart what God has joined together see God meant for our joining the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual to happen with one person so that we could be connected to that person in the most intimate way. You know, the crazy thing about it as I studied marriage in the Bible the dress and the groomsmen and all the pictures and all that stuff, God don't get glory from that. I mean, you were bridezilla and, and all of the struggles and we paid all the money, but God doesn't get glory from that. Do you know back in the day when God recognized a marriage is when the husband and the wife consummated the marriage. They came together and they had sex. If I had time to go on and tell you about how there was a blood covenant and how things were shed and how all of that meant if it, it was a sign of being together. I could go through all of that, but, but what it means is this is when God recognized. Recognize that you were married. The crazy thing about it is every time you have sex outside of marriage, you're marrying the person without the covenant. Oh, you didn't know. You, you didn't know that, that you were saying I do and you really didn't. And that's why the culture has desensitized this thing to a release or a, a, a pleasure that, that, that we use. To, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're taking pieces of you and you're giving them to people. When something is meant to come together and be joined forever and then you rip it apart, it never leaves with what it came with. It takes a piece of you with it. And my question is, how many pieces of you are spread out and robbing you from purpose? You used to be so secure in who God called you to be. And then you got into a sexual relationship with somebody and you just, now you don't even believe in yourself. It's because they took a piece of you. Oh, I'm in your, I'm in your mailbox. Here, here, why are you saying this, Pastor Mike? Because most of us were never taught. We never knew that this whole thing with sex was like, why is God keeping this for me? I remember praying this prayer. If God didn't want me to feel this, why wouldn't he just keep this away from me until I was married? Because the greatest thing God gave you is choice. And it can't be love if you can't choose it. And you can't choose God to help you in this area of purity if you don't make the decision. And so today at Hope City, I want us to reclaim this thing and realize that sex is good, but brings me to my, my, my second point is sex has been perverted. And until we realize this, we get in a place where, where we don't really see how God wants this to happen in our life. And this is not the first time this has been, this has happened. See, cause we don't deal with the truth. Like the truth is, I want everybody to understand this. 80% of adolescents find out about sex through entertainment, media, and through their friends. This is what the health journal says. Do you know that means 80% of people are not finding out about sex through teachers, through educators, and through people who know the word of God? It tell, the statistics tell us that 50% of all high school students, 17 and under, by the time they graduate high school, they will have a sexual encounter. 50%. The sad fact is, it's 72, 72% for African Americans. 7 out of 10 African Americans will have a sexual experience before they leave high school. It's 52% for Hispanics. And it's 47% for white people. Yay white people. All I'm saying is it's an epidemic. And if we don't, if we don't consult the word of God and teach our kids and teach ourselves. What God says about this, then we stay in a cycle of darkness that the enemy is able to pass down from generation to generation. And a lot of your issues right now that you're dealing with is because nobody stood up and handled it. But I believe at Hope City today, there's some people who are going to say, God, I need you in this area of my life. Look how soft and claps are like, oh, I don't even want them to know. The crazy thing is you can trick me and you can trick the person sitting next to you, but you got to go home and deal with it. And so I would rather us be real because God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you really are. And so if we realize this thing with sex has been perverted and this is not a new thing, then we can go to the word and study it. Paul was dealing with this in 1 Corinthians chapter six. I want you to turn there. And he was dealing with the people in Corinth who are kind of like us today at Hope City at all the campuses that are, are, are literally trying to figure out how to live saved, how to live pure lives. But there's so much temptation around. I mean, you can't scroll on Instagram without seeing somebody half naked somebody for the, all the older people Facebook. You, you, you can't scroll you, you work at places where people are intentionally putting out God how do I live safe how do I stay faithful to this marriage how do I not slip up and go into these things with all of this temptation around and these people in Corinth were dealing with this same issue and Paul says something about it and, and, and I want you to get the idea because if you don't get God's picture of one this doesn't make sense Like, like, let me tell you God's plan of one real quick. Write this down. This is going to help you. God's plan of one was one God, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh, one lifetime, one picture. He's trying to make in us the reflection of how the church and Jesus Christ are supposed to look. Every marriage is supposed to look like that. It's a picture. It's a copy of it. And he wants that picture on the earth. But what we have done is settled for cheap counterfeits, duplicates at poor quality. And what God is asking us, could I give you the original? Could I show through your life what it looks like to take somebody who submits their sexuality to me and I can allow them to be a picture that their community can see, that their brothers and sisters can see, that their cousins and family members and co-workers can see? God needs somebody to do this, but it's hard. I'm not going to sit up here and act like this is a magic trick and a, a prayer. And when you're not lonely and you want to be able to satisfy your urge or you're married, you know, the biggest trick is that all of those things go away when you get married. That's a lie. Your eyes still work once you marry. All these different things happen because we haven't dealt with the root issue. So, so Paul, help us. Help us, Paul. Like, give us some, some tips. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not. Everybody say will not. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. I like this part. Don't fool yourself. Like Paul's telling these people, don't fool yourself. You cannot get everything God has for you in your life and go after purpose the same way. And you keep this area of sex off limits to God. Don't fool yourself that you can be used by God and see masses come to save and just walk in your purpose. And I don't know why we do that when we're really trying to go after God, but walk in your purpose. And you can do all of that, but still keep God out of the thoughts that you have in your mind. And Pastor Mike, you you don't really understand. Like, I'm not really doing anything, but you're thinking it. And there's an area in your heart that is so empty that you keep filling it with shows and pictures and images of things that are going against the thing you don't want in your life but it creates the craving calls your flesh to a place where you're watching stuff where people sleeping with people and it's the office and this and that and power i want to watch power lord i just need power no you need some real power you need to get the power of god on the inside of you to help you withstand the urges and the desires that are going on in your life and i know i know because some of y'all so stiff-necked right now, you haven't moved the whole service. You, you haven't. Because what the enemy can keep in the dark, he can keep chained around you. He don't care if you get to another level and you raise up and go to a place. He's just waiting because he knows there's an area that's still in the dark. And if you ain't told nobody, that's why it's so important that you get in these freedom groups. That's why it's so important that you begin to become clean. Do you know the difference between honesty and transparency? Uh, honesty is telling the truth when somebody asks. But do you know that most people won't ask you the questions you need to be actually truthful about? And so you'll be like, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. But you ain't being transparent. Transparency is offering it up. Transparency is saying, this is what I struggled with last night. Transparency is saying, I took his number and I've been sexting him and I need a new phone. No, no, no. But see, the enemy keeps us trapped because we'll be honest, but we won't be transparent. And that thing that has been perverted in our hearts and our mind, we got to come clean with it. And these guys, he's talking to all of these people and they're like, "Okay, so those who, you know, do wrong won't inherit the kingdom of God. Paul, could you please define for us? Because we we don't really know what's wrong, like what's wrong. And don't that sound like us? We always on the line. Like, is this sin? Is this sin? I mean, is the oral, is the masturbation? It's like, Lord, what is it? And he said, let me be very clear on it. Look what it says. He said, those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people. I like that one because some of y'all was prideful and was like, that ain't me, pastor. That ain't me, pastor. That ain't me, pastor. And then it said greedy. And he was like, because oh, you selfish. You won't even share your fries. Greedy. But um, those who are drunkards and those who are abusive and those who cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? God cannot use you to the fullest ability that he wants to and provide for you in the way if you don't allow him into those areas of your sexual thoughts, your sexual abuse, your sexual ideas, and your sex life. Pastor Mike, I've never heard this in a series. That's why you're struggling so hard because you have not allowed the power of God to come in. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that wants to come into your situation, but he can't force Him way his way in. You have to let everybody say let you got to let him in and see that's the crazy thing about it Most of us want God to come in and be the SWAT team to our life But the Bible says he stands at the door and Hey, it's me It's about 1130 and I know this is the time the cycle starts and reggie texts you (laughs) If your name is reggie, this is not about you but maybe it is. <laughs> hey, turn your phone off, Holy Spirit. But what if something? Turn your phone off. I'm standing at the door, and I'm not. I'm trying to save you from, from that thing that's gonna come. Boom! It is me, the Holy One of Israel. I am here to heal, deliver, purify, sanctify. He's not about to do that because the greatest thing he gave you was choice. And if you don't choose to invite him in, he stands on the sideline. Do you know the crazy thing about that? He's there the whole time and you tie his hands. When you're texting, he's watching. When you lay down in the bed, he's there weeping because another piece of your purpose is being tied to somebody who doesn't even care about you. I said, Mike, you going hard today. Why are you going so hard? I mean, this is a lot. It's because I'm passionate about this because this was my life. Like I almost got taken out by this thing of sexual perversion. I Almost, I literally almost, you wouldn't know, Pastor Michael Todd, I wouldn't be at Hope City today if I wouldn't have surrendered my sexuality. I was jacked up all in my mind, in my head on all kinds of things, images I saw, things that happened to me, things I did to other people. And the enemy, he didn't care that I was on stages playing drums and worshiping and showing up for youth group and serving the homeless. He knew he had a hold on me. And nobody in my youth group was talking about it. The leaders weren't talking about it because they was dealing with it. Oh, I'm sorry. I got passionate right there. That. And it's hard to talk about something that you've never dealt with. And so these men are trying to figure it out. And they're like, okay, Paul. Like, okay, so I, I, if we do those things, we can't inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul throws in the grace of God. And he says, I want you not to forget verse 11. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed and you were made holy and you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. Can we take a five minute praise break and thank God for his grace? Yeah, no. Some of y'all know who you used to be, but for the grace of God, you're not where you want to be. But you're not where you used to be. Because of Jesus, you have come so far. Thank you, God. Come on, every campus, give God a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. I remember getting in and out of windows. I remember not being able to sleep trying to watch pornography on dial-up internet. I mean, you're going to get caught because the beginning, mm, like all the noise, just because I was trapped. I was burdened. I was in a cycle. I was in bondage and nobody, they would talk about faith. They would talk about giving. They would talk about purpose, but nobody was hitting the issue. And, And Paul is walking with these dudes and he said, remember the grace of God. Remember what God did for you. But look at verse 12. It says, he tells him, don't, uh, I know y'all thinking crazy stuff right now. Don't even talk. Cause I know he said, you say I'm allowed to do anything. Cause I've been saved by grace. God's good. If I mess up, he'll forgive me. (laughs) Uh -uh. But then Paul, Oh, I love it. Paul ups the ante. He said, you are saved by grace. Like you're going to heaven. But heaven is the lowest level of this Christian wall. L- like, the whole goal is not just to get into heaven. Like, and so many of us are just worried about making it in. We, we want to sin on the right days to make sure that, that, that God don't come back on the day we jacked up. Do you understand? I don't know if I'm the only one, but there were some days like, Lord, will you come back next Thursday? Because this weekend, I'm it up. Like, like <laughs> I know I ain't the only one that prayed that prayer. Not today, Lord. Not today. But the thing is, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your your eternity, your destiny is secure. But God wants to affect your history. He wants your life to make a difference. And so many of us, again, are worried about the line so we can make it into heaven. And Paul ups the ante because they're like, I know that we, you know, we we're saved by grace. I, I mean, I can do anything. God's with us. And he said, but everything. Look at this scripture. I want you to see it. It says, but everything is not good for you. I cannot wait till the church matures to the place where it's about, is it sin or not, is not the criteria of why we do it. Like like we step up to a level of maturity where we say, it doesn't matter if it's a sin or not, is this good for me? Is this gonna produce the type of person that I wanna be? Is this the pattern that I want my children to, I'm not up here on the line, I'm back here evaluating, is this gonna create the man of valor, the woman of virtue that I wanna be? And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. My question to you, Hope City, is what are you a slave to? Uh-huh. See, so many of us, we, we don't recognize what has the ability to control us. We don't know what's controlling us. And God wants us to have self control. It's a fruit of the spirit. You can read it in Galatians, but I was thinking about self control, self control. Is that us controlling ourselves? No, I found out that self control is just the opportunity for you to choose who you will let control you. And and this is one of the things that God told me. I used this little uh, acrostic to help me um, understand what this is. So either you can live a spirit empowered life of faith self, or you can live a sin empowered life of the flesh self And who whichever self you allow control you, that's the way you're going to go. And so every day you got to work up, wake up, and say, you know what? I'm gonna live a, I'm gonna live a spirit empowered. God, I can't do this on my own. Father, here I am again. Today I'm going to that job with all these thirsty women, and Lord, I'm asking. Oh, y'all think I'm playing? And Lord, I'm asking you today to shield my eyes, to allow me to stay focused on what you've given me, Father God. When thirsty, Julie is at the water cooler wearing that mini skirt that I like. Lord, I oh. Y'all want to be fake at Hope City? That that's wearing the thing that I like. Father, give me the boldness to be able to turn away and walk away and go to my cubicle and call my wife and tell her she the baddest thing. Walk it. Oh. Y'all don't hear me? That is living a spirit-empowered life of faith. You got to have God's help. But most of us, because we have the framework that sex is bad, we won't ask God for the thing that we really need. So sex is good. Sex has been perverted because sex was created by God. And the crazy thing about this is we have to talk about sexual impurity because it's one of those really, really deceptive sins. Because when you have sexual impurity in your life, it always brings friends. You can't be sexually impure and not lie. So, so when, when you're living in that lifestyle, you don't just tell everybody what you're about to do. I, I remember being a young kid and my mom was like, "What y'all about to do? I wasn't honest. I was like, we're going bowling. <laughs> you know, spares and strikes <laughs> like boom. But what it, would what it, what it have looked like if I wanted and She's like, what you doing tonight? I'm going to have sex in the movies. <laughs> no, there's always a deceptive spirit. And, when, and some of y'all don't realize that some of the issues that you're dealing with is because you started at a very young age, opening up the desires and, 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 and the issues of sex, or maybe you are violated. And things like deception, manipulation, control, fear, doubt, unbelief, all come with sexual impurity. And you look up and you're like, I never was this person. But you look at them and you see yourself there. But it's time to give our sexuality to God. Pastor Mike, why do I have these appetites and these desires and all these other things? And like, why can't God just take them away from me? Something I found out that really freed me is that many of you aren't even dealing with your own sexual appetites and your own problems and issues. It's your mother and your grandmother. This stuff has been passed down from generation to generation. I'm going to teach you two words that really changed my life and made me really dig back into to, to what has happened before me. The words are transgression and iniquity. Write them down, please. I know they sound kind of churchy, and you maybe never heard them before. But transgressions and iniquity. A transgression is is like trespassing, like if you go past the line on somebody's uh, property, and you go past it, and you sin, but you come back. Like so, the transgression is crossing the line. It's the outward expression, and so like. Committing adultery, that's a transgression. Ah, I did it. I I didn't mean to do it. Oops, I did it again. Oh my God, it was my birthday. Like, like, and you know, we make all kinds of excuses to why we sin and why we go over the line. And then iniquities are the inward heart motivation. It's the thing on the inside that generates the transgression. So if the transgression, the crossing of the line is adultery, the iniquity or the inward heart posture would be lust and what happens is the church so many times only deals with the transgression oh i messed up lord forgive me i'm back lord come on let me go i'm done with this and we just deal with the transgression or the action but we never pull up the iniquity from the root and so it happens in cycles and that's why you can go two years three years four years 10 years but it keeps happening the action keeps happening because the center of it is on the inside and we've never given that to god And do you know the crazy thing about it? If you're not going to get sexually pure for yourself, if you're not going to do it for you, you think it's too long for God's sake, please do it for your kids. Do it for your children's children. Because the problem is many of us are dealing with what was not dealt with by our parents. Look what Deuteronomy 5, 9 says. It says the iniquities of the father will pass upon the children to the third and fourth generation. And so what's happening is because there won't be people of God to talk about it enough to allow the hearts to be open about it for us to be able to say, God, I need you to work in this area. We end up dealing with the same thing. It runs rampant in your family and your grandmama. Then it turns to your mama and then it turns to you and then you're passing it on. And you're like, Pastor Mike, I don't even understand. Your last name is Rores and your mama's last name Smith and your sister's last name is Cortez. What do you think happened? And there's so many secrets and lies, stuff you don't even know. I found out last year some stuff about my family that I did not know during me doing this series because there's so many secrets and so many things that nobody dealt with. It even hit me so much in my own life because I dealt with pornography very heavy. Addicted, messed up, jacked up, almost forfeited my wife. I mean, everything. But I found out about these two words, and so I went and had a conversation with my dad, and I was like, pastor, man of God, great father, but we never talked about this. And what happened is he told me that he struggled with the same addiction in the same age group that I did and never fully dealt with it. He told me, he said, Mike, I used to go to New York with my college And he said, I would walk down the street with a pocket full of quarters. I said, daddy, why you have a pocket full of quarters? (laughs) He says, because back then there were streets where they had peep shows and you put a quarter in and the curtains would move and there would be a naked woman. And that was his day's version of pornography or letting images come into his head. And he said, I didn't deal with it. I just moved on from it. And he didn't stand up and stop the generational curse. And guess what? He had five boys, five. And, and three of us dealt with pornography heavily and two of my brothers had babies out of wedlock. It did what it wanted to do with my daddy and then it skipped to the next generation. And as I look at my son and I say, hold on, if I don't deal with this, if I don't stand up and surrender my sexuality, then this kid has the opportunity to pass to him, it stops with me. Can't let it keep going, Pastor Jeremy. And so I had to realize that if God invented sex, not Trey Songs, Come on. He out here lying. I invented ooh, No, you didn't. And Justin Timberlake thinks that sex got lost and he bringing sexy back. And Marvin Gaye thinks that he has sexual healing. No, 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 no. God created this thing. And if he created it, that means he knows how it's supposed to work. And do you know that the same fire that heats your home and that starts your car and that gives you the ability to have hot food is the same fire that can burn your house down? If that fire is not put in the right container, it will cause destruction. That's why God created a container for sex called marriage. Third point. Sex has a container and it's marriage. And when you put sex in container, it's amazing. Hey, I felt the spirit. But outside of it, it takes from you, it robs you of your purpose, and it burns down things that were supposed to stand forever. So Pastor Mike, what am I supposed to do? Well, I I mean, I'm already here. You don't understand I was abused. I, I started habits or it's been so hard or... There's a place in me that only feels good when I'm in a relationship. You got to let God feel that. You got to get into small groups and confess it, not when it happens, when it's happening. Like, you got to tell people, like, this is my struggle. If you even feel that I might be struggling with this, call me out. Pray for me. See, we think coming to the altar and getting the pastor to pray for us heals us. The Bible says in James, you you confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other. You can be a mechanic named Joe and, 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 and a person that works in a grocery store and come together. And God says, that's where healing happens. And what did I have to do? I had to surrender my sexuality. And that's what I'm asking everybody to do. My last point. Surrender your sexuality. Today at Hope City at every campus, I'm hoping somebody was free enough by the way we talked about this to say, you know what? This is not a bad thing, but I got some issues. I got some hurts. I got some perversion. I got some desires. I got some things that have not been set in my life right. God, can you uproot those seeds? That pain that hurt those habits? And God, can you plant something pure? Like, like you're the God that's so good that you can take our transgressions and iniquities and do something with it. Look how congruent the word of God is. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 58. This is so good. Look what the word says. It says to us, but he, this is Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. So every time we stepped over the line, he took a beating for that. And it says, and he was bruised for our iniquities. Can you see how dope this is? Is that, remember what I told you, a transgression is the outward expression. What you did, where do you get wounded at? On the outside. If somebody cuts you, that's a wound. And so he took the wound for our transgressions. But look what he did for our iniquities. It says he was bruised. Remember the iniquities is the inward thing. And when you get bruised, it comes from the inside out God said I have done something that will heal every mistake you made and I'll heal the root when he was on the cross and he let them beat them in the scourging he said no 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 I could call angels right now to save me but Michael's gonna need me a few more licks take a few more stripes for the people at Hope City because you don't have to live in bondage to sexual sin. Look what it says. It says the chastisement for our peace. This was for me. This was for your peace so you don't have to live in the bondage. He said it was upon him. And by his stripes, When you see the stripes on pictures, those were not just because Jesus went through a bad day. He took those stripes for our healing. And you can walk free from every sexual perversion, everything that happened, and be able to be a pure vessel in your thoughts, in your mind, in your life, and that will pass on to somebody else. My last analogy that you can see is that I think about water. And, and how powerful water is and water in the right container can produce life and light for millions of people. These are millions of gallons of water rushing and it's producing life and light for an entire city. But that same water outside of a container and Houston probably knows about this more than anybody can cause damage to things people and places that will be irreparable and even when the water recedes the mildew of what happened will still be there and even when you get a new relationship and cut out the drywall that was damaged there'll still be pieces that you never can replace that were lost in the damage. Today, I'm asking everybody at Hope City, let's just surrender. Everything that's happened, every image we've seen, everything we've done. Yeah, I did it. I was a hoe, but now I'm holy. Oh, y'all better help me in here. God doesn't care that you did it. He wants you to submit it. I don't want you to miss that. God doesn't care that you did it. He wants you to submit it. And today, there's husbands and wives that need to apologize to each other and start afresh and get in marriage counseling and join a group. There are people in this room that have been struggling in your sexuality and you're up on them websites at night by yourself or on your cell phone and you're struggling and you need to tell somebody and you need to come clean. God is just saying, could you please give it to me? Because the greatest scripture that I found in this is at the end of that 1 Corinthians 6, verse 14. It says, and God will raise us from the dead by his power. By whose power? His power. Just as he raised our Lord from the dead. And you know, sometimes I used to read scriptures and just be like, "Ooh, that is so good. That is so good. And I didn't get nothing out of it. I didn't know anything, but that's just the right thing to say. I stopped doing that. And I said, God, you're going to have to give me revelation on this. So I kept reading it and kept reading it. And this is what God said to me. And I think it's going to set somebody free. Anybody who's dealing with sexual perversion or sexual impurity or sexual thoughts or being chained to different things. I got to get this good. He said, Michael, I raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He said, and when you die, I'm going to raise you from the dead and you're going to be with me. He said, if I can raise a dead body, what makes you think I can't manage a living one? Mm. And today I want somebody to hear me say this, that whatever you've been struggling with, God is powerful enough to handle it. If you surrender it to him. So Romans 6:13, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Give instead. Everybody say instead, you have a different option. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead. Yeah, you were. But now you have new. Life. So use your whole body, your legs, your eyes, your thighs, your texting thumbs, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Today, Hope City, we're going to surrender our sexuality because sex is not a bad thing. Sex was God's idea when it's put in the right container of marriage. And if you are not there, God will help you sustain into the place of purity you need to be. Can we give God some praise in this Come on, standing all over the building, standing all over the building. Pastor Mike, why why did you come so hard for me today? It's because somebody needs freedom like I did. And like I said, you, you don't have to like what I said. I came on assignment and somebody's heart is open now to let God Hands lifted all over this place. The international sign of surrender. Father God, we thank you right now that we are really going to give you all of us. Father, every area of our life that we have not surrendered, every area that we acted didn't exist, everything, Father God, that we've experienced and thought, Father God, that has been perverted, we submit it to you today. God, I thank you right now that hearts that have been torn by perversion are turning into purity. I thank you that marriages, Father, that have been defiled by thoughts and images of others, Father, are coming into a place, Father God, of unity and having thoughts of you. God, I'm thanking you that the person who is struggling in isolation right now gets accountability, healing, and freedom. Hope City will be a place, Father, where your standard can be lifted up. We will experience the kingdom of God, not just in eternity, but in history. And I declare, Father, anybody's heart who has been bound by abuse and hurt, that you're coming in to lift them up. Thank you for your son. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your love. And thank you for this message that is turning us back to a biblical view of sex, love, and marriage. Have your way in our lives, God. And we will be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Oh, come on, Hope City. Worship our God.
0: I don't want anybody to go anywhere right now unless it's an absolute emergency because it's in this moment that you will make a decision whether this will become an imprint on your heart. Or whether it'll just be another good sermon that you heard made you a little uncomfortable, but you got to laugh a little bit. Two things you have to do. How do I how do I surrender my sexuality Two things? Number one, you got to be intimate with God. What is intimacy with God? intimacy is to know and to be fully known intimacy with god here's a way i like to look at it intimacy god into me see nothing hidden everything open i want to be intimate with you god how do i get intimate with god you got to pray you got to talk to him i don't know how to pray go to hopecity.com download the prayer guide it's awesome how to pray how to talk to god It's important for you to do every day. When you're intimate with God, you won't be doing this. You'll be, you'll be doing this. God, I know me. I know I know how I think. So I got to start this morning on my face. I got to start this morning on my knees. And at lunchtime, God, over here at lunchtime, I know me. So I got I to gotta, I gotta do lunchtime on my knees. And I know me, God. So at bedtime, I got to be on my knees. I've got to be intimate with God. Here, here's why. You desire intimacy. And if you don't have intimacy with God, you will desire it in a perverted way. You have to be intimate with God. And number two... Bible says very clearly confess your sins one to another not just to Jesus one to another that you may be healed because some of us are dealing with iniquity we've never talked about we have a perfect capsule for that and it's called it's called groups and I'm asking every person in our church to sign up for a freedom group you've got to go through freedom I'm telling you, it changed my life. I told my wife after our first freedom conference, I said, I realize now why we started this church. Not so we could have just a bunch of people come, so that we could get everybody in our church to go through freedom groups, so that they could be set free and become disciples of Jesus Christ and see incredible things happen in their lives. Here's where it starts. Listen, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, so first there's got to be a desire. I want to come after you, God let him deny himself but it's what I want it's what I need it's what I have to deny yourself take up your cross follow him and I'm telling you the freedom that you experience will blow your mind I want to ask a question if you're in here and you know for some reason jesus has not been the center of your life maybe you've lived for god for a long time maybe you've never given your life to jesus but you know somewhere in your life he's just not the center of your life and today you want to say today i'm putting a stake in the ground i'm making a moment i'm acknowledging jesus the bible says when you acknowledge him he will acknowledge you so with heads up eyes open if you're saying today's my day." boldly put your hand in the air. That's me. Today's my day. Hands, 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 Come on. Bless every campus. Pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. You're the only one who can save me. So right now in this moment, I'm giving you my whole life. Forgive me of my sins. I give it all to you. Be the Lord of my life in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you a real practical step and then I'm going to dismiss you at all campuses and you're going to use all the exits because we need you to exit quickly and quietly. But if you said that prayer, this is very important. You got a next step. I want you to text HOPE to 77453. This is very practical, but we're going to send you three things. We're going to send you information about our connect groups that you could be a part of, information about our growth track, and then we're going to give you a free Bible-based video program where you can start studying the Word of God at your own at your own time on your own level it's important this stuff is important you got to go you got to go you got to go further and God's calling us as a church to go further all of that information' is on hopecity.com are you excited about what God's done how about Pastor Mike Todd come on y'all let him know that was amazing here's my prayer I pray the Lord blesses you I pray that he keeps you I pray that he makes his face to shine upon you I pray that he turns his countenance towards you that's his favor. And I pray that God gives you peace. Do you receive that? If you need prayer, prayer partners will be down at the front of every auditorium. God bless you. You're dismissed. Use all the exits. Have a great week.